Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is Longfellow's The Three Silences of Molinos. In The Three Silences of Molinos, we once again find Longfellow's mystical bent. Longfellow wrote The Three Silences of Molinos for a dinner given in honor of his friend and fellow poet John Greenleaf Whittier on the occasion of Whittier's 70th birthday. Whittier, you may remember, was a Quaker, and Longfellow here praises perhaps the chief distinguishing characteristic of Quakers, their use of silence as a way to spiritual insight. The title of the poem refers to Miguel de Molinos, a 17th century Catholic priest and mystic, who was the founder of the spiritual practice that came to be known as quietism. Silence, Molinus taught, has three aspects. First, silence of speech, which we all recognize as a practice of some religious orders. Second, silence of desire, in which practitioners internally annihilate, Molinus's word, their desires. And third, silence of thought. The achievement of these three silences creates the quiet within which mystical experience can take place. The Three Silences of Molinos is a sonnet. The first eight lines present Molinos and the Three Silences. In the final six lines, Longfellow turns to Whittier, and remember this turn would have been literal, as Whittier would have been sitting at the same table as Longfellow and the other guests, referring to him as the Hermit of Amesbury, as he was known both to his friends and to the wider world, and praising him for the spiritual, mystical nature of his life. Let's listen. The Three Silences of Molinos by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow To John Greenleaf Whittier Three silences there are, the first of speech, the second of desire, the third of thought. This is the lore a Spanish monk, distraught with dreams and visions, was the first to teach. These silences, commingling each with each, made up the perfect silence that he sought and prayed for, and wherein at times he caught mysterious sounds from realms beyond our reach. O thou whose daily life anticipates the life to come, and in whose thought and word the spiritual world preponderates, Hermit of Amesbury, thou too hast heard voices and melodies from beyond the gates, and speakest only when thy soul is stirred. When I discussed this poem with my students, I asked them to do a simple exercise. Think about our society today, I instructed them after we'd read the poem together, and then write a paragraph on all the ways our society makes such silence difficult, if not impossible. I was thinking of all the noise of our society, and all the ways from parties and bars and sporting events to earbuds and phones, our culture encourages them to be immersed in noise. After a few minutes, I had them pass their paragraphs forward, and then, as I often did, I just began reading them aloud at random. 
What they had written to a person wasn't what I expected. They didn't think of silence as something to be sought, even having just read the poem. Rather, silence was something society imposed on them. That is, they were thinking of their voices being silenced, particularly their voices when they wanted to speak out on issues of social justice. Nor were they open to the idea of silence as something to be sought, even when I waxed poetic on its virtues as Longfellow does in this poem. Even a walk in the woods, they said, would be better shared with a friend with whom they could talk. Even this poem was better when talked about, as we were doing. My very exercise gave them their voices, and I wasn't going to talk them out of it. I had to smile at that and trust them to find the value of silence for themselves another day, perhaps aided by returning to the three silences of Molinus. Let's return to it ourselves. The Three Silences of Molinos by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow To John Greenleaf Whittier Three silences there are, the first of speech, the second of desire, the third of thought. This is the lore a Spanish monk, distraught with dreams and visions, was the first to teach. These silences, commingling each with each, made up the perfect silence that he sought and prayed for, and wherein at times he caught mysterious sounds from realms beyond our reach. O thou, whose daily life anticipates the life to come, and in whose thought and word the spiritual world preponderates, hermit of Amesbury, thou too hast heard voices and melodies from beyond the gates, and speakest only when thy soul is stirred. The spiritual guide of Father Molinus, in which he presented his instructions for fruitful contemplation, was initially very popular, going through three editions in Spanish and seven in Italian, as well as being translated into French, English, German, and Dutch. But though Molinus initially had the support of the Pope of his day, Innocent XI, the spiritual guide was eventually condemned as heretical, and Molinus spent the remainder of his life in prison. Unlike the spiritual meditations of St. Ignatius, which emphasized the need for a church-authorized spiritual director and objects of meditation approved by the church, Molinus taught that contemplation should be unsupervised and that the mind should be cleared of all objects of meditation. The fear of the Catholic hierarchy was that its hierarchical authority would be undermined by such practice, and they were perhaps not wrong though Molinus's spiritual guide was eventually suppressed within the Catholic faithful, it found an admirer in George Fox, founder of the Quakers, who incorporated the spirit of Molinus's teaching into Quakerism, which became the least hierarchical of the many Protestant denominations that found their way to America. Longfellow, though, took little, if any, interest in doctrinal quarrels, Rather, to his generous mind, whatever enlarges the human spirit 
is worthy of praise and imitation. I hope you enjoyed the three silences of Molinos, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the fireside.